Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. And welcome to Overnight America. Right. Right when we were about to go on the air. This is so nice. Producer Mike, right in my ear, says, okay, stand by. And then he says, oh, Blues just scored right when we're about to go on. That's a good omen for tonight. I will do my best to mess that up at every opportunity. I almost messed it up right there. So Blues are playing the Coyotes tonight. Blues got a good record, man, 6-2-1. and one. And it's a good time to be a St. Louis sports fan. And you just listened to the Cardinals programming the last couple of hours, You're listening to all the uh, excitement that this team is bringing in. So exciting. It's just a good time. And Blues are looking good. Cardinals are looking good. We just got to get the XFL back. <laughs> a few things I want to get to on the show tonight, and we're going to be talking to Tom Sullivan in about a half hour. He's a St. Louis County watchdog. Some of the issues on Metrolink, and it's been dangerous for a long time. And he actually had a commentary last uh, year when all of this went down, when they were taking guns away from the security officers on the Metrolink. So he wants to talk about that and a few other things. There was this one commentary that came out on the Post-Dispatch. It was an editorial. Cronyism is alive and well in the county as Sam Page rewards a political pal. This is a good one. So he's going to join us there. And I got a lot of other things. We're going to do some great space talk. And we'll also talk about Metrolink later on the show tonight, too. Just a few things I wanted to get to. I saw that on Fox News, Senator Hawley was talking about uh, what was going down when it comes to this whole GameStop thing and what happened over the last couple of days. And it says Congress must get all of the facts on possible collusion between big tech and hedge funds. This is an interesting thought when it comes to the way that big tech companies have worked with other large entities in order to shut somebody else out. We know that it's been a big question of how they work with other political parties or how they might work with other uh, government agencies, things like that, when it comes to censoring or shutting out other people on platforms. We know that the Parler app, for example, is one that was meant to be in competition of some of these other social media giants. And Amazon, who was the web hosting platform for that, decided we're going to cut you off. And then we later find out as part of a lawsuit from Parler that, hey, maybe it's part of a deal that they signed with Twitter 
And because they had this deal with Twitter, they were using this in order to shut out their competition. That's a huge, big no-no. I mean, that's where you can start to talk about antitrust and considering they kicked them off fairly quickly. Yeah, there's an argument there. So what goes on really between different platforms like Robinhood, which was an app that allowed people to trade stocks with you know, relatively low barriers in the past. If you had to work with a firm or you had some website you went to and you purchased and sold stock, you normally had to, you know, have a little bit in the game. They didn't want to work with the guy that just wanted to come in and spend 50 bucks or a hundred bucks, traditionally speaking. So you bring in an app like Robinhood that would allow that. And yeah, people used it and it was very popular. And then this whole GameStop thing went down and people were buying shares of that and they were buying shares of, AMC and other things. And what happens after that? Well, Robinhood the day after says, well, we're going to block you from buying or selling. What? That's a big no-no too. Now, people have already put a class action suit that said, you uh, shut me out and I lost a lot of money because you did that. So Senator Hawley now saying we must get the facts on collusion between big tech and hedge funds. If it's not against the law for them to buy and sell stocks and them, they were legally doing so. Is it possible that these companies came together and said, well, we don't like what they're doing. We could lose a lot of money. So the hedge funds, you know, billions of dollars of weight behind them came in and said, no, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to we want you to stop that because it's bad for us. And what if they acted on that? What if there was some sort of exchange or something of value or pressure or whatever it was by the hedge funds to do that? And it really messed with those that are just small time traders. The GameStop meltdown, as some people uh, call it. I think a lot of people liked it. I myself liked it. And GameStop, as predicted, finally started to drop down closer to the value of what the stock actually is. It's not at 350 anymore. It's not at, you know, it's right now it closed at uh, $90, which is still pretty high, all things considered, if it started at around 20, but it's still pretty high. Nonetheless, I think that people knew that would happen, and some people bought it just for the sake of being part of the ride. Some people bought it because they thought, well, I could make some money off of this. It's going to keep going because of the way the internet steam is. And then what happens? People buy into it, and these apps like Robinhood and them cut you off, and it greatly diminishes the ability for the stock to continue to rise, even as people want to keep buying it as the demand is still there. I hope Josh Hawley finds something there. If there were these behind the scenes things going on that discourage people from buying it, you might have been one of them. Then that needs to be known. And I think if we're going to talk about regulation, we need to look at that on top of what else is going on. Oh, did you see this too? You see Jeff Bezos is going to step down as the CEO of Amazon in a couple of years. That's a pretty big one. That's on the same day that Amazon posted a record $125 billion in quarterly sales. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, I know there may be some people listening right now that bought some GameStop because they just wanted to get in on the whole fury of everything that uh, people are mad and they're, oh, we're going to show it and stick it to Wall Street. And it was kind of a, a noble thing in some ways where they said we can do this and it's a possibility for us to do this. So coming up in a few moments, we're going to take a break. And then I want to talk about one of the recommendations or close to recommendations of what the CDC may be pushing when it comes to double masks. <laughs> I know I have to laugh at that for a while. You'd see Joe Biden with double masks and you'd say, oh, come on now, y'all. But here it is. It looks like they may actually recommend it. And we definitely are going to talk about what's going on with Metrolink, what you need to know, 
And hey, why in the world are there so much pushback for the security guards to arm themselves? We're going to talk about that, too, because there was a great interview earlier today with uh, Talby Roach on Charlie Brennan and Amy Marks course program. So we're going to play a portion of that, too. And there were some clips earlier from KSDK that did a story on it. I thought it had a pretty good angle to it. And later on in the show, too, this is pretty good. Peter Strauss is a senior partner at Pero Connor and Strauss, and he's a guardianship expert. I don't know anything when it comes to this whole Britney Spears conservatory or conservatorship, conservatorship or whatever it's called. So I guess apparently her dad has a lot of sway in legal ownership of her. It's really strange, not in the way of her content, but for her decisions. It's such a weird thing, guardianship. So I'm going to ask him about that. Maybe he can explain what's going on there and when this is used. And then in the 10 o'clock hour, this is going to be great. We're going to have author David W. Brown on, and he wrote a book called The Mission on NASA's exploration of Jupiter and beyond. So if you are interested in space, we talk a little bit about what's going to be happening on the moon Europa. What about all these other space stories that are happening as we speak? What are things that we should be watching? In fact, we're just a couple of weeks away from a pretty awesome thing. Two weeks from Thursday, there's going to be a rover landing on Mars. And you may know about this, you may not, but actually there's so many cool things happening in the world of space. We're going to spend uh, three segments with David Brown later in the show tonight after 10 o'clock. I think you'll enjoy that. This is Overnight America KMOX. KMOX is St. Louis's news, talk, sports, radio. Here we are in Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker, and we have a couple of minutes here that I wanted to uh, talk with you. And if you want to call in, we could do that. We're going to talk double masks. I don't know if I've ever met someone in person that was wearing double masks. But then again, I guess I don't get out a lot much anymore. And then again, I guess I don't pay attention to it. I was at the grocery store last week and I did see someone yell at someone else because they weren't wearing their mask properly. And I thought, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? (laughs) You're going to start a you're going to start something here at the grocery store. Just give it up already. Come on. Don't be like that. Uh, So here's the double mask theory. The double mask theory is that, hey, one mask is good, but two masks, uh, maybe it's better, right? Dr. Fauci. You can make uh, a general common sense extrapolation. If one mask serves as a physical barrier, if you put two on, if you're looking for enhancing the physical barrier, it makes common sense that it certainly can hurt and might help. It doesn't yet reach the point of an official recommendation from the CDC because of the lack of data. But when people tell me or ask me, should I be wearing two masks? I say, you know, if it makes you feel better to do two masks, the chances are you're going to get an enhanced protection. So why not go ahead and do it? You see, this is, I don't like this. It's so weird because when we were talking about this before, how often did you hear over and over again, follow the science, follow the science. So you got to follow the science. And now it's a I mean, common sense would tell you, not the science, but common sense would tell you. Now we're at that stage. <laughs> if it makes you feel better stage, we're at that stage too. It's opposite of what they've been trying to pound in your face for the past nine, 10 months, right? Maybe I'm just wrong looking at it that way. But then again, if you look at the way masks are designed in the way that people use them and such, uh, you find that not a lot has changed 
when it comes to the technology, people are still using the same masks. They may still be used the throwaways. They may still have the cloth or whatever it is. But then you start to find other studies that have come out that just that, that tell you things like, okay, um, it's not a common sense thing. I mean, there's a lot of things that are non-common sense. You know, you look at the size of the virus and the way it could travel through these things. You look at the way it could stop on the mask and sit there and, and just not move. And it may just be waiting for you to breathe it in. If it just stops at your mask, you know, it, it may be worse because you're touching it more. You did it. There's all these other things that came out. And then there's these more studies that began to show that it's not all it's it's just not 100 percent barrier that they'd want you to believe so even wearing two what i would like to just point out as well is that if it makes you feel better do it you know i think that is that where we're at if it makes you feel better you might as well just do it and that's the way the science of it works anymore <laughs> i was looking at this story over on fox news and i think this was the interview fauci had with the washington post regarding the variance in reinfection. The experience of our colleagues in South Africa indicate that even if you've been infected with the original virus, that there is a very high rate of reinfection to the point where previous infection does not seem to protect you against reinfection, at least with the South African variant. Yeah, so if it keeps giving a different variation of it, then that would make sense because you may have some protection. But then again, over in the UK, when they were studying the vaccination, if you received one to see the effectiveness against some of these variant strains, it seemed like the Pfizer and the Moderna, whichever one that they were testing showed that it was also effective against the variant. So it didn't mutate enough for it to be ineffective. So that's what we're finding right now. And that's where we're sitting with all of this. And then there's the whole Union Station issue that occurred over the weekend. And I'm sure you saw that. We talked about it on the show last night. But what happened, if you're uh, just catching up to this, you may have heard it on the news there with uh, Sean Michael Lyle right at uh, 8 o'clock. But he mentions uh, how they're still trying to figure out why were there people that were not qualified, at least in the right tier, to receive the vaccination, getting calls to come in and get vaccinated when those that did qualify and were in the tier of needing them were getting turned down. So yesterday I raised an interesting uh, uh, a point. It was a point that was, this doesn't add up. So they have to look into it. Why in the world was it done this way? My point being, if people were just showing up and they were not scheduled to get one, was there a on-call list? Was there an on-deck in case that there was extra ones, they'd be able to get it because they had to have shown up for some reason. And then you even heard during the news uh, an audio clip where they said, oh, we talked to people, people that we trusted when they said they registered for this. They didn't check any boxes that would indicate they were part of the tier that would be needed to get this. But they were still called in and they still were able to get the vaccination. Was it that they found out too late? Was it that maybe the um, maybe the way that they sent it out was flawed. Maybe that was the problem. I don't know. I think there's just a lot of other questions that need to be said, but what you're not hearing right now is them saying we messed up. Uh, it shouldn't have been sent out this way. So we're, we're fixing it. Cause you know, there's some flaws in this. Just, just say you messed up. I mean, instead of trying to go through this whole problem of trying to put this whole paper trail down and, Oh, we're going to review all of this. We're going to do that. And we got to see what boxes they check or whatever. Now I, I, you get, it was the first time you've done a mass vaccination like that. Just say you messed up and be done with it. A few other things I wanted to get to here. And I, I saw this and I only mentioned it briefly. Maybe I'll talk about it more 
Amazon CEO and founder Jeff Bezos is going to be stepping down later this year. I thought it was um, in the future, but I guess not. Transitioning to an executive chair of the company's board. He's got some money. He's up in the sense where why even bother working? He's one of the most richest people in the world, estimated about $184 billion as far as we can tell. Uh, It doesn't look like he's going to be losing any money with Amazon anytime soon. It's not a company that has been on the downturn. It's actually been one that continues to grow and has done some pretty smart things. In his executive chair role, he said he'll focus on uh, new products and early initiatives. So I guess that I don't know how many hours that means or works, but it's got it's difficult whenever there's a transition in a company and you're stepping down. It's hard because you started this thing. You founded Amazon in 1994 as an online bookstore. The company later exploded. Look where it's at now, a trillion-dollar market cap last January. You can find the story at KMOX.com. It's finding its way into all kinds of uh, adventures like space. They have the Blue Origins. They tried to get into medicine and pharmaceutical, but that just failed. They decided to close that up, weren't able to revolutionize that industry. Too hard of a nut to crack, I guess. But they have delivery down and they're getting drones and they really revolutionize the way that you receive products because it's at your door in a couple of days. Most people would say, yeah, I don't need it right now. If there's a chance it shows up tomorrow and I order it that and I don't have to go somewhere for it, I'm okay with waiting a day. Before, when you would order something online, you'd wait like a week, sometimes two weeks. It took forever. If it came in a week, you felt like you were pretty lucky. But mail order anything used to take a month or more because you'd have to send it in. You send a check. It would get processed. They'd have to send it in or whatever it is. It was never a quick turnaround. And then this started to happen where people started to demand it. I think I've been an Amazon customer since 2003. I'd have to double check. When I log into my account, it tells me I've been there for a long time. And I remember the very first thing I ordered on Amazon was a compilation CD of golden oldie songs. And I can't, I don't even remember what song I wanted to get. It was just one individual song, but they, I, I said, you know what? I'm not going to find this at my local store. It was too specialty. So I uh, ordered it online. I gave it a shot. And you know what? It came in like two weeks later. And I thought to myself, man, I wanted to hear the song then. <laughs> this is before like YouTube and all these other places where it was easy to find. And two weeks later, it came in and I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to hear it, but. I just don't want to hear it as much anymore. You know, it's it's there, but it's just not as appealing to me. So, yeah, I guess I'll listen to it now that I got it, but I kind of regret ordering it. Now it's like it's on your door the next day. No time to think or regret anything. Good luck with uh, Jeff Bezos. Who knows what he's going to be doing, if there's any other controversies in the future. But that's being reported. When you have a big name like that deciding to step down, I guess it makes the way for Elon Musk to be the undisputed number one of the active CEOs in the world. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk to someone that you hear on the show regularly, Tom Sullivan, where he's our local county watchdog and some of the issues with Metrolink. And on top of that, there was an editorial that came out in the Post-Dispatch about cronyism in the county. We'll ask him about that, too. This is Overnight America KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. They're playing basketball. Get ready for Billiken's Basketball Wednesday night as they take on LaSalle. Pre-game 545, tip-off at 6. Hear it here on your home for Billiken's Basketball. KMOX. He is a local watchdog in St. Louis County and monitors a lot of uh, different things that go on with politicians. And joining us now is Tom Sullivan. Thanks for coming back on to KMOX. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, we've had a few different things since we last spoke, one of which has to do with Metrolink. And we're starting to see some policies come forward. And I was uh, surprised uh, to learn that the security guards were not armed, but it goes back to something that changed last year, which I believe you actually uh, followed and had an objection to last year. Well, what they did was they had quite a change in how they were going to handle security. And it used to be they were trying to get as many police officers as they, as they can, and they hired a new chief of security, and they wanted to have a little bit different different method and and. and when I was sitting there listening to it, I had a hard time uh, believing it, but they just wanted to have a little bit of a kinder approach. This guy talked about how we want to get to know the passengers, and as far as the guns go, they don't want, they didn't want guns. I mean, not a word was said about, oh, it's a shame we can't have guns. They did not want guns uh, on with the, they did not want the guns uh, being carried by the security guards, and it was a whole different approach that they had. And uh, now you hear Toby Roach. I heard him this morning on Charlie Brennan. And I heard him in other media. He's making it sound like, oh, gosh, we like to have guns, but, you know, we got this, some regulation. Never have I heard that before. That was not mentioned at the meeting where they, where they, where they talked about their new way of doing things. So 
I don't know where he came up with that, and, and I don't know what regulation he's talking about. He keeps saying that's what somebody told him or that's advice he got or something. I, I'd like to see where it is that it, that it says that the uh, guards cannot carry uh, guns, maybe certain certain level of guards. But, you know, this whole matter of security has been a, a fight and a hassle for at least five years that's been going on, and, and they somehow they just can't get it straight. Yeah, there's a lot of concerns people have with Metro and riding it, and it's been documented pretty frequently. One of my favorite was when Elliot Davis did a You Paid For It, and he basically picked it up, I think, in the Metro East or wherever, but it's pretty much as far east as you can go, and decides to hop on, and every stop he was looking and waiting, and it took, what, 45 minutes into the ride before he actually saw an officer, someone there for security? It, it took a long time, and he noted all of these things. And when you go online and hear the stories of the people that ride Metro, they say it on a regular basis. You see people harassing other people. You see drug deals. You see thefts. You see harassment. You see all these other things going on, and they say it's on a regular basis. And I don't think any of that has changed. I don't think they've done much in the way of trying to up this sort of thing. It's always been a problem, and I think most people realize that, and it's why they try to avoid Metro at all costs if they can. And it's so surprising to me to learn about this because last year I would think if you're going to review your policies – what makes you believe things are getting safer there where you don't think it's necessary to have protection like that? And we even had these conversations last year about being understaffed, not being able to get people in there, not being able to secure these platforms. Even when people would complain and they say we'd see no security in sight, it might last for a day after the news report came out and then it would go back to no one was there to begin with. So Metrolink has been a mess completely. This is just one of the uh, these, this is just, again, one of the byproducts of it. Well, you can go all the way back to 1994 at the Del Mar Station. The very first year the Metrolink was in operation, the first year the station was in operation, and they had a murder there, and there was found out that there was no security guard there, and, and, and the question was, well, where's the security at? Uh, the security guard just stepped away for a while, had some other business or something, and uh, so, I mean, this, is going, this has been going on uh, all the way back to 1994. There's been other incidents at that station once there was like uh, there was a security guard got shot twice. He got in the middle of a gang, two gangs fighting, and he tried to try to break it up, and uh, he got shot. So uh, there's been robberies there. There's been all kinds of things there. So I mean, MetroLink has had a problem with security since the very beginning. And every time something happens, they always like to say, "Oh, it's an isolated incident. This isn't something that happens very often." When in fact, uh, it it has. Yeah, and if it's not that, it's something stray bullet going somewhere. And remember last year, the whole incident with covering up the cameras? Like the, the security guards in some of these areas were covering it up so they can obscure what they were doing inside of the uh, secluded areas? Yeah, that was, that, was part of the, uh, that, that was part of the war that was going on between Metro and uh, St. Louis County Police Department. See, the police department is like having the contract. There's, uh, there's no doubt about that. It provides... Uh, you know, additional uh, revenue for the for the police department and then for the officers. And on the other hand, Metro does not particularly like it. They want to have their own. Uh, they want to have their own department, and you know they can't really can't really do that. So what was happening was Metro security was leaking things to to uh, Tony Messenger. You know, trying to embarrass them as much as they much as they can, and uh, that's how all that came about. There was another incident where. They gave information to Tony Messenger. There was a, uh, you know, police officer was supposed to be at the North Hanley station. It turned out he was at the 
somehow or another they, they found out he was at the gun shop in Afton. So there's been this war going on, and, and uh, that has not helped uh, the situation at, at, at all. And as a result of some of that, you know, we've had, we've had changes, and that's when Toby Roach became the, uh, became the CEO, and he fired the, the Metro security director, and he put his own guys in, and, then, and that's when we have this change in, uh, change in how they want to do things. This is um, somewhat of an unfair question, but I'm just going to throw it out there. And I mean this hypothetically, not necessarily directed at you, Tom, but let's say hypothetically you're, you had a daughter, 18, 20 years old or whatever. Would you allow her to work for Metro? Work for Metro or, yeah. or, uh, or just ride well, Metro? Mostly I say work, and I, I say this because the way that Tolby Roach brought up something on the interview today with Charlie Brennan, he said, a lot of ways we want them to just be your regular ticket takers. We don't want them to be armed and stepping in. And if there's an instance, so we want a smiling face and we want a ticket taker, things like that. And I'm thinking to myself on a dangerous thing like that, would I ever allow my kids to work in a situation like that, knowing what they're walking into? Absolutely not. So I'm thinking if that's the case, um, if that's the case, it got it shows you a hundred percent deep down. You know it's dangerous, and something has to change, and nothing's changed. Well, there was a, a there was a ticket taker once who was a uh, a lady, and uh, she was just checking everybody's tickets, and, and she went up to this one woman who was a passenger, and uh, apparently she didn't have a ticket. Well, the passenger started beating up the uh, started beating up the ticket checker. And uh, the the people standing around were cheering. So I mean, that's the kind of situation that uh, that you would have. Ah, oh, it's just terrible. So going back to this this uh, law that, or whatever that they keep quoting back in 2020 when things changed, there was a long stretch where these security guards were armed, and then there was a portion or a moment where they weren't, where they said it was a change in policy and they wanted to comply with law. Tell me about the murkiness of that. So the whole idea that they were doing this. In order to comply, and is there was there really an order for them to do that? Well, murky would be the correct word because anytime they uh, Tolbert Roach is asked about that, I mean, never quotes any particular law or regulation. It's just like, well, this is what we were told, or somebody told me this, or something like that. I do not know what he was talking about. I can tell you that when they were announcing the whole, their whole new system, how they wanted to do things, there was never any anybody saying. Well, we would like to have our, our our guards carry guns, but we're just not able to. As I said, they did not want their security guards carrying guns. There was there was no question about that in listening to the, uh, the presentation they had down at a bi-state meeting. So all of a sudden, he, he's trying to make it sound like, well, gosh, we'd like to, but uh, we really can't. And, and that's that's quite a change from uh, from what the presentation was a year or so ago. Yeah, this uh, gee golly moment. Oh, gee golly, wouldn't that be uh, something? But, oh, Oh, man, I just checked and I can't do it. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. I, I don't feel that's a genuine excuse. I, there's something else to it. There's something else I wanted to talk to you about, and it was something that was put out on the Post-Dispatch, and I'm going to read the headline for you. It says, Editorial, Cronyism is alive and well in the county as Sam Page rewards a political pal. What do you think of that editorial? Oh, it's a good editorial. Uh, I have to tell you that it surprised absolutely no one that uh, Rochelle Walton Craig got a job at, uh, uh, in the county. You know, the, the people were betting on how many days it would take for her to get one, and it didn't take long, uh, that's for sure. But, I mean, it's part of Sam Page's spending tax dollars uh, in, order to, uh, in order to build up uh, political support for himself. 
he has since he's been county executive, he has been handing out jobs like a Chicago ward boss. You know, they just <laughs> everywhere. In fact, Rochelle Walton Gray's assistant, he was making forty five thousand dollars. He's also a, a committee man, which is a you know very political job in North County. Sam Page gave him a job as which was and one of these jobs that uh, was created, and, and he's a he's a change coordinator for the jail at eighty two thousand five hundred dollars. So they made sure that at least Rochelle got a job that's uh, making more than than him. So I mean, it's just it's just part of Sam Page over and over again. Uh, spending money to try to build up his uh, political support, he did it at the very beginning. He he offered Hazel Irby, you know, she was she was bent out of shape of the fact that he kind of rolled over for county executive. So he tried to uh, he tried to smooth it out, offered her a job at one hundred twenty one thousand dollars, and of course they had a falling out, and now she's suing him. But I mean that shows you how he's he uses tax dollars and he uses uh, you know jobs as a way to build support. Rochelle Walton Gray, uh, eighty-nine grand a year for the job. What exactly is the job? Well, she's supposed to be some kind of coordinator for uh, the vaccine distribution in North County. He's Sam Page has been picking up a lot of flack about the, you know he's he's he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been as active in North County with the, with uh, not only with the testing but with the, with the vaccine. Uh, I don't know that he's singled out North County. It just seems like they're they're slow everywhere. And uh, that's that's kind of his answer to uh, his answer to that criticism. I don't, you know, as as Tim Fitch has said, uh, doesn't really she doesn't really have any particular qualification for the job. But again, these are these are all political these are all political doings, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I go back and look at this and the qualifications. You're right, quoted in that editorial by Tim Fitch mentioning very specifically no qualifications for the position, and this is solely a pay-to-play move by Sam Page. He said clearly this was part of the deal to have her stay past the end of her term and uh, mentioned some of the ongoing lawsuits and things going on. So it's... I wonder... And then so this Rita, is, Days was, yeah, Rita Days was saying that, you know, she she lost her, uh, you know, she lost her council seat, so she's going to go back working in, a, in an area where the voters have rejected her. So with this, is this a new position? Did they make this position for her? Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. It's, it's. Um, I think she's vaccine coordinator or something like this. You know, they, they. Uh, he just makes them up. He made up. Uh, he made up a job for uh, Hazel Irby. He made up a job for Rochelle Walton Gray's assistant, which uh, you know, they never had before, and uh, they made up this job. So I mean, that's like I say, Sam Page is handing out uh, handing out jobs like a Chicago ward boss. This, is this part of the money that they're using from the feds um, in order to fight COVID? Is that where this is coming from, or do we know uh, it's coming from somewhere I, else? That's a good question. That question's been asked, and supposedly the money ran out at the end of last year. So whether that's the money that's, that they have in some account or something, uh, I don't know. But uh, they can always come up with money when they need it. That's, that's for sure. Isn't that something? All right. Was there a meeting today? There was a meeting. Uh, nothing too exciting happened except they got into uh, a hassle over paying the how they're going to pay the the law firm, meaning the one is representing the council members who are being sued by the county, and uh, it's been put off. They tried to get it. They tried to get it through uh, this evening, but that that obviously wasn't going to happen. You have to have full support of the county council, and and there, there's three 
the three uh, the three four, three who used to be in the majority, they of course are opposed to it. And I believe what the court order has said is that the the ones being sued, they have until five days after the council approves uh, the cost of their legal fees. So it's going to prolong the uh, it's going to prolong the lawsuit even further. Oh man! All right, this is uh, confusing. So let me just try to work this out. So if if the council uh, no, if the county sues, it's covered by the taxpayers to pay for the lawyers. But if the county council members that are being sued, they're not covered when it comes to the lawyer fees. Oh, well, here's here's the deal: the 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 county councilor and the county, more or less, are suing to have the matter straightened out. So they're suing. Uh, the council members, four particular council members. Well, these particular council members, they, of course, are members of the county council, so they need to have representation. So they're passing an ordinance which allows them to hire a law firm in order to defend themselves against the county. And I think I think the fees go up to, they're not going to exceed $525 an hour. So uh, At any rate, there's going to be uh, several hundred thousand dollars probably uh, spent, and uh, you know where it's going to end up. Uh, it's hard to say, but it's it, it's just uh, it's like a bunch of kids playing in a sandbox. For them to sue each other, this is so stupid and ridiculous. All right, so I know there's a lot of things that we're watching. I'm glad that you come on to to talk about it. Hopefully, soon enough we'll be able to complain about the trolley again. That's more fun than what's going on now. <laughs> Tom Sullivan, County Watchdog, thank you so much for coming on to uh, KMOX tonight. Thanks, Ryan. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line. Tom's great. He is. He knows all the ins and outs when it comes to this, and he helps me understand it a lot better, and maybe even you too. So what about this? The lack of support when it comes to buy state, what should a security guard do if they're working for Metro? And I want to play some of the interview from earlier today with uh, Charlie Brennan's program where they had Tolby Roach on. And I want you to judge for yourself. But what do you think should be happening here when it comes to the Metro security? Should they be armed? Is this a huge mistake to have them go out and have no arm on them? Something that could be used to defend themselves, like in this instant where a guy comes up and shoots a Metro guard in the face and kills him or in the head, I should say. Terrible, horrible, horrific thing in the news. And then we start to learn about some of the policies here that may have contributed to the chain of events. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. This is Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Welcome back to Overnight America. I think that if you use the Metrolink, you realize that it's uh, not a <laughs> preferred way to travel. I think if I had any other option, I would, including Jetpack. And I do uh, not use it. I just don't. I'm, I'm not someone that's a regular or at all user. I try to avoid it as fa- as much as I can. And when I hear stories like this, it doesn't make it any more appealing to hop on Metro. When I hear people talk about the things that they've seen on it, it doesn't make me any more likely to hop on it. I understand that some people, that's their only means of transportation. That's all they have. And I can understand that. And it's good to have just so that people can get to places when this is all they have. But nonetheless, does that mean that it has to be the wild, wild west where you go on and you think, well, I have to 
go to this doctor appointment or I have to go get some groceries or I have to go to a job interview and I don't have a car and no one can help me. So, you know, I got to weigh the options. Um, you know, I might get harassed. I might get beat up, but at least I'll get to where I need to in an affordable way. Should they have to weigh those options? No, that's terrible. They've had issues with this for a long time. So I wanted to play some moments from the interview earlier today with Charlie Brennan and Amy Markshorst, and they interviewed Talby Roach. And I got to say, there's a couple of things in there that I think you'll hear that are very frustrating. And we'll take some of your calls on that, too. If you want to call in now, you can. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. And Terry's holding on. Welcome to Overnight America. Hey, Ryan. How are you tonight? Good. Oh, okay. So, gosh, I did not expect you to answer right away. I thought you were going to do something else. Um, okay. So you caught me off guard again. But anyway, um, oh, gosh. Um, do you want to uh, wait until after the news and I can come back to you? Or would that be easier? Or do you want to be uh, okay? Do you go I now? mean, or will you really come back to me? Because I really, really have something to say about Metrolink. Okay. I, I have um, a lot. I mean, I don't want, I, I'm all, I can't know. I can't say a lot, but. Okay. How about this? So if you want to uh, put your thoughts together, I will come back to you. So that won't be for another 10 minutes because we have your news at uh, nine o'clock and we'll come back right after. So, okay, we'll put you on hold. And we will get to you after that. So let me play some of this. And I think this will lay a groundwork for some of the issues that we are facing with Metrolink. And it's not great. And Tolby Roach was on Charlie Brennan earlier today. I want you to listen to the questions. And Charlie was great at the way he was setting up these questions and listen to the answers to them. According to published reports, Mm -hmm. these guards had arms for 10 years prior to April 1st. Mm -hmm. What was wrong with that situation? situation why did that change so um one of the the enabling legislation for by state of course is a federal compact that allows us to operate in a two-state system and that and and that of course is put together so that we can coordinate what are the enabling legislation of having a system that moves between two states and some of the fundamental legal provisions limit what kind of arms that are spelled out that we can employ people with. Now, this was reviewed when we went through the comprehensive security study with WSP, trying to see how we could improve security. And we're enacting that plan right now, Charlie. And this is one of the aspects that they pointed to, that yes, you need to have um, deadly weapons and full police powers there, but they needed to be in the hands of fully trained police. Why? So what we needed to do was enhance that um, and those relationships, oh. and we've done that. All right, so Charlie does a follow-up, and I, I do want to play that, but for the sake of time, I don't think we're going to have the ability to do it here before we get to news. But let me just point out a few things. When I listened to that answer, and I don't know what you got out of that when you heard Tolby Roach, but let me tell you what I got out of it. I heard him say, based on a recommendation, not based on the law. If I were someone that was running Metrolink and you had security guards armed because you knew that it was necessary, right? I would say, wait until someone challenges me and sues us because they believe it's against the law for us to do that before we make a change. I'm not going to voluntarily make this change based on the idea that they don't need it. 
Because let's be honest here. Does anyone listening right now believe that security guards on Metrolink are completely safe? They are not going to be targeted and they could handle themselves with no weapons. And there's enough security there and enough police presence where they're not going to be approached in a violent way. Not a chance. No one believes that. No one believes that it is a utopia that all other cities should look at and say, we need to get rid of all of arms on these security guards because, hey, look at the St. Louis model. Well, the entire city is one of the most dangerous in the entire planet, well, entire United States, I should point out. Um, they're Metrolink, the safest ever. No one's looking at that. No one's saying that. There needs to be distinctions here, and you need to continue to hear this right after the break. We'll take some of your calls, too, on Overnight America KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 